Hey everyone, welcome to the one in five. Adam Renshaw here. I'm with Julie Poole today, who is a registered nurse, but she is also the site manager for Bighorn Valley Health Center in Hardin, which is quite the job, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And Rebecca Musseter is my co-host today. Rebecca, it's been too long. too long. Exactly. And it's really great to have you here. Abel is not here. You, you probably have noticed his absence. He is at a week-long festival in Alaska, and God knows what they're doing there. So um, if you want to wish him well, go ahead and just send us an email at the one in five podcast at iCloud.com, and I'll make sure that doesn't get to him. But Julie's here, and we wanted to talk about a few things. We wanted to, to talk about your entrance into healthcare and how you got started in this business and why we should listen to anything that you say. All right. Okay. I, I don't uh, know if I can make that proof, but I will do my best. <laughs> Earlier, I said, why should we listen to anything you say? And she said, you shouldn't. And so I was hoping for a, a replay of that, but it didn't happen. So, um, so but before we do that, yeah. I have a couple of trivia questions Ooh. for you. All right. So I was thinking, what should we do with Julie Poole, um, a.k.a. Jill Pole? A.K.A. Judith Liu. I was going to yes. say, I think you should guys should um, be forthright and say that you used to share an office. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. It was the one of the best times of my life. <laughs> Except. Except the ball. <laughs> I used to throw a ball against the wall. It was a against, creative thing for me. I, against multiple walls. And it was a creative thing and it did help him think. Yes. So it was legit. I'm thankful for Julie's understanding. But nonetheless annoying, yes. About mm-hmm. that, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there would be looks sometimes, <laughs> um, typically when she was on the phone, but I would try to be considerate. Sometimes the um, balls would disappear. And that was back when we were on the previous uh, EHR. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, what was that called? The e- E-clinical works. E-clinical. Yeah. And you were consistently on the phone yes. uh, dealing with uh, issues around that. And so Very I would much. really try to be careful. <laughs> okay, Julie, I know she's talking about <laughs> e-clinical works right now. <laughs> so yeah, we used to share an office, mm-hmm. which was actually an apartment building, and yep. so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, right on the alley there. Um, but I, I did mention your numerous nicknames, too. Yes. Do you want to tell us how you got the name Judith Loop? Well, Judith Loop came from our friend Kara Francis, who was kind of interning with us. And we have a a specific provider that we currently work with and worked with at the time that could not remember my name, although we have known each other for multiple years. We worked together in a previous life and called me Judy, kept calling me Judy. Is it Judy? It's Judy. So Kara um, grabbed onto that and started calling me Judith Loop. And you even had a name badge that yes, said she so. Yes, she had a name badge made. And I do still have that as well. Because <laughs> yeah, that's just that name badge is still in the office. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's hilarious. And when I first met Julie, I just thought Julie Poole sounded a lot like Jill Pohl. Yes. 
who is a character in The Silver Chair. Yep. And so I called you Jill Pole. Yep. And that was at a time before Adam worked with us, <laughs> and like literally days before Adam worked with us. And I, we had had this exchange where he called me Jill Pole, and I went back to work thinking, this guy was just awesome. You know, I had no idea who he was, and somebody handed me a resume. This is a guy we're thinking about hiring, and literally, that's exactly <laughs> how it happened. I missed his interview because I don't even know why I missed it. Because you were dealing with a phone call from e Probably, without the ball being thrown. But, um, yeah, we, um, I, I, just said, I just had this encounter with this great guy that had nothing to do with work. And then, yeah, here's a resume of this guy, and it was like, that's him. And you were like, hire him now. For, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, and so for my benefit, when was that? I don't, 2016. When did the dream team <laughs> unite? Uh, I came out in 2016 in May. Yeah. So it's been over four years since I've been here. But you've been here probably 18 months longer than September that. of 2014. So even more than that. Like September 20 22nd, I believe. Almost yep. two years. Yeah. And did, yeah. you, did you start as our site director in Hardin? I started in, um, the, the purpose of them hiring me was to get PCMH, um, Patient-Centered Medical Home Recognition. And so I started off just kind of getting to know the clinic and working in the clinic as a nurse. And then um, about six months into that, I was just um, full-blown working on PCMH, and we took about three months, but we were able to pull everything together and got PCMH recognition within a year of my being there. That's a huge accomplishment. And can you explain why that's important, Julie? Um, Patient-centered medical home is exactly what it sounds like. It's the, the patient is in the center of their medical care. Um, it, rather than the patient going to this provider and having to communicate what their last provider just told them and trying to make sense of it all, the patient-centered medical home gives them one place where all of their care originates, and it is patient-centered. It's not provider-centered or nurse-centered or you know laboratory-centered. It is everything becomes about the patient. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And so Bighorn Valley Health Center is a patient-centered medical home. That is accurate. Interesting. Yeah. What about all of our other clinics? Everyone is patient-centered, um, recognized now. Terrific. Great question, Rebecca. Thanks for asking that. So I want to get into this trivia. Um, I have heard from somebody that you are a f someone who has frequented in the past... Emerald City Comic Con. I have been there a couple times, a yes. A couple times, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, I remember you showing me some like autographed yeah. pictures of you and certain celebrities. Mm -hmm. And so I did have some questions All right. about uh, some trivia questions about sort of comic booky actor y right. type stuff. You think you're in? Let's go. You can do this? You know okay. What? I'll make up something if I don't Okay, remember. we'll start with an easy one. Which of these superheroes was created by Marvel? Superman, The Flash, Firestorm, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Did you see how quick that was? I mean, oh. like ridiculous. Most recently played by Tom Holland. Okay. Also Andrew Garfield and oh. prior to that, 20... Uh, Toby. Toby McGuire. Tony McGuire? Tony. Tony. That's kind of like Julie. Look at this. Judith. Sh okay. I yeah. Marvel's my thing. Okay. Let's switch over to DC then. Oh, crud. What <laughs> is the name of Superman's alter ego? 
Clark Kent. Jeez, can't pull With anything glasses. past this one. Okay. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm here comes my alter ego. Rebecca yeah. Kent. Oh, and Julie Kent. And now you have no idea who we are. <laughs> we're masked, I know. We're masked <laughs> superheroes. Is it best disguise what ever? What about Bizarro? What about Bizarro, Julie? What about Bizarro? She did say that DC's not her thing. Yeah. Wouldn't he be an alter ego as well, since he's the exact oh, opposite? Oh, gotcha. right. In that's Bizarro right. world, yes. Okay, let's... Here's one. Okay. In which of these movies was Carl Urban not in? Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Star Trek Into Darkness. The Chronicles of Riddick. The Bourne Supremacy. I have not seen the last two. I know he was in the first two. Um, I'm going to go with The Bourne Supremacy. Eh. Oh. He was actually in all four of those. Oh. I tried. That was a tricksy one. Okay, that was a trick. Yeah. So. No, I knew he was in the first two. I thought I, you were a huge Carl Urban fan, and that would be an easy one for yeah. you. Yeah. We we totally called you out on that. <laughs> you did. You did. I, do, I do have a picture and an um, autograph with. I know. Mr. That's Urban. why I remember that picture. I remember you showed me after you got back. Yeah. But yeah, I was all about Bones. Bones. Which, that's if you don't right. know. He has bones, but that is his name in Star Trek. Jim, I'm a doctor. A word from our censors. The editor of The One in Five, Abel, would like to apologize for Adam's use of the word blank. For those wondering what word Adam used, it sounds similar to whammit. Our 36.5 person censorship committee at The One in Five has deemed this word offensive. The one in five editor, Abel, has been asked to use the obligatory bleep tone during Adam's little indiscretion, along with the following message written formally with hints of litigious undertones for the sake of our viewers. We at the one in five podcast do not condone any use of the word blank. According to paragraph 13 of section 8.4 in the unofficial pod and vodcasting censorship manual, the word blank, which sounds like whammit, is listed as offensive. The only permissible use of the word blank is when the directive damn it is being used in the context of holding back or obstructing the flow of a liquid. Yes. Not a whatever. Okay. All right, your corn fed mind. <laughs> <laughs> What is the name of the superhero team that has these four members? Sue Storm, Ben Grimm, Reed Richards, and Johnny Storm. Johnny and Sue are brother and sister, so that you know. Well, I'm gonna, you, There's four of them. Fantastic four. Uh, they're pretty fabulous. <laughs> Fabulous Four. <laughs> the Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Good. That was total guess. Okay. I had no idea. You knew it. You had it. Okay. It was the Storms that gave it away. The Storms. The two Storm brothers and sister. Okay. Last one. If you could meet one of these superhero actors, who would it be? Chris Hemsworth, Ben Affleck, Robert Downey Jr., or Tom Hiddleston, 
Stunt. Robert Downey Stunt. Jr., hands down. Really? Oh, 100%. Tony Stark. Tom Hiddleston, though, was just boom, um, right close. I thought uh, for sure. I threw Tom Hiddleston in there because I thought for sure you would pick him. Yeah, and not because I don't love him, but Tony Stark. Robert Down- and and not just Tony Stark. I mean Robert Downey Jr. Forever. Oh. I think See? I've seen every movie he's she ever been in. She stumped you too. She stumped me. There you go. Well, that was good. But I have seen, and I think in part because I haven't seen Tom Hiddleston in as many movies. Okay. I have seen the one where he was a country singer. Now I can't think of the name, but yeah. I haven't seen that one. Um, but yeah, Chaplin. I did just watch. Um, The Night Manager. Hmm. Have you seen that? I have not. With Tom Hiddleston. I saw The Light. The Light. I saw The Light. Oh, that's it. That's the one with Tom Hiddleston. Okay. He's the country singer. Um, Hank Williams. Oh, have you seen and, that? And that no. he just does phenomenal. Okay. I'm not a country music fan, but I am, yeah, Hank Williams, Tom Hiddleston. For some reason, I good. thought you had sort of a weird, like, celebrity crush on Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. I don't know if I'd call it weird, but... Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, much more... What would more. you call it, Rebecca? <laughs> totally acceptable. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, well, why don't you... Let's, let's... I hope that was fun. That, I was, hope that was really fun. Fun for you. I hope that was fun for everyone. And I, I just want to, like, say right now that Julie is, like, one of my favorite people at Bighorn Valley Health Center because um, not in addition to being a nurse, she has a background in health IT, yes, mm. which is right up my alley and also is a nerd for quality data, <laughs> which is also right up my alley. So Julie's, like, I'm like a fan. If I could have a weird, what did you call it, a weird <laughs> celebrity <laughs> crush? Yeah. I have a weird colleague crush. What about a totally wow. acceptable colleague crush? <laughs> I, I hope that it's totally that acceptable. That is awesome because... We might have to talk to HR. Yeah. But when Rebecca came, that was, we did share that language. That was really good. Yeah. Um, I started off as, um, out of high school, I wanted to become a nurse, and, and there was a new program, and I became a medical assistant and, um, and realized a couple years in that that's not what I needed to be. I wasn't able to do the things that a nurse could do, and it frustrated me. Mm. So I ended up getting out of clinical work, and that's how I got into working with computers. And I worked for the state of Montana for 15 years um, with the Board of Investments. And um, just on, I was kind of an office manager, and the IT person was retiring. Interestingly enough, because he did not want to go to Windows 95. That was like his cutoff. So he said he was done? That was it. And that was the purpose of him retiring. And he was of age. He could retire. So he did that. And I jokingly said to my boss at the time, you should just offer it to me as a training assignment. And if I had thought he was going to take me seriously, I would have not ever had the guts to say that. But he did take me seriously and came in that afternoon and offered me that position. Oh, and um, and so then 15 years, I was a database administrator, network administrator, did a lot with data for, um, for that agency. And then my daughter graduated from high school, and I knew I needed to do something different with my life. So I went to nursing school and graduated from Carroll College in 2008, worked in labor and delivery for a couple years, and then um, and worked at Crow for four years the IHS hospital there, and then um, and then came to BVHC, and it's just, yeah, it's just the best place to work. And um, 
during that time, got a master's certificate in um, nursing informatics. Wow. Yeah. I kind of have a celebrity totally acceptable. <laughs> well, I, I feel like, you know, for me, you're now. sort of like the epitome of what we, you know, what we all have to do at nonprofits, which is wear many hats. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And currently the hat you wear most often when you're not covering for someone somewhere in the clinic is site director. Yes. Of not one, but Two <laughs> clinics now. Yes. In the same city. It, two, two clinics in the same city, as well as somewhat, you know, we've also got the annex, and then we've also got this building. So, yeah, it, we're kind of spread out. So yeah. it's kind of hard keeping all my chicks in the same basket. What building are we in right now? This is the public, public health okay. building. We haven't come up with a BVHC name for it yet. Um, I've heard 809 bandied that's around. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah, go to the 809. address, 809 Custer, kind of like 515 over in Mile City. And how far away is this from the the campus building, our new clinic? It's actually pretty close, isn't it? It's about a four-and-a-half-minute walk. I've timed it, obviously. You've timed it. Yes. A four-and-a-half-minute walk. How far of a walk is it over to the Wilson building, which is the old clinic? About eight minutes. Yeah, I was going to say campus to Wilson is about 12 minutes for me. Okay. Yep. Good job, Adam. So we're getting our steps in now. There we yes, go. Yes, absolutely. I want to no, it's nice. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy mm-hmm. when something comes up where I need to go to one of the other places to be able to just get that midday yep. walk in. Yep. So. It's also neat to reconnect with people that you don't see every day anymore. It, you know, know, when we were all, when we could all fit in the same room and did that every morning, that, you know, th- we I think we felt a lot more connected. So I think it's important that we do get out so that Agreed. people are seeing our faces. I stopped in and saw you this morning. You did? Which was really good. It mm-hmm. was good to see other people, other staff members mm-hmm. um, in that clinic that I haven't seen. Well, I mean, COVID has thrown a wrench in It really everything. has. It really has. Yeah. So yeah. all the working from home and those types of things. Well, so. COVID threw a wrench in the grand opening of yeah. the new clinic. Yes. We did yes. a soft opening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what was that, two weeks ago now, three weeks? Um, no, we opened June 6th. July 6th. July 6th. Yes. yes. So that yes. was about three weeks ago. Three weeks right? ago. Yeah. And so, you know, we've all seen pictures of the clinic, and you guys had that awesome time-lapse video of it being constructed. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. um, you know, I guess my question that I would want to know if I was watching this is, you know, how does it feel to be working in that space? It is so awesome um, because we're in a, in a space that was meant to be a clinic not an apartment building slash dance studio slash whatever else used For to sure. be in that, yeah. in that, bu- in the Wilson building. Real estate um, office. I mean, the, the Wilson building, you know, I think will always hold a special place in our hearts because it was our first, mm-hmm. you know, this is where we all met. This is where we became us. And, um, but working in this clinic and if you've been in, you know, if you've been in the Wilson building and been cramped into that small little waiting room, when you come over to the, the campus building, it's just the waiting room goes on forever and ever, which is just awesome. And yeah, uh, Rebecca likened it to a, an airport runway. Yes. Yes. Terminal. I felt terminal. Like a terminal. Terminal. That, yeah, sure. You know, I, I had two overwhelming sensations the first time I walked into that clinic building. And one was how, you know, what you were calling out, how professional it felt to be inside that space. And the other was the light. Mm-hmm. Yes, light. Yes, every 
Every patient room has a skylight, so we've got that option for some sunlight there. We've got windows are all the way around the building. So one of the important things for us in um, designing this space was, you know, when you walk into um, a, a bigger building and you have no idea which way you're facing, what's north, where's outside, mm. where's the sky, what's it doing outside. So one of the things that was important to us was being able to when you walk into a room, you still have some idea of where you are. You can see the sky, or if you're in the waiting room, you can see, you know, it, the entire front is wait, is windows. Same thing in the back for staff. Um, so you're not, you know, you're kind of more anchored, I think, where you are when you can see what's going on outside. So you've been a part of this process from the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, can you just tell us a little bit about how that went and maybe touch on some high points of like uh of, of some things that took place during this and and uh maybe tell us a, a fun story uh or a or an or a crazy story a weird story <laughs> i'm sure it, there's been weird stuff that's happened along this process i'm sure there have i cannot think of any of them now um i think the you know some of the more fun things were they gave um and i i know dr mark ryan myself and i don't remember who else got hard hats you know the construction guys gave us hard hats and vests of our own mine is still in my car just in case i have a hard hat emergency because you did so many tours yes yes you and were giving tours giving tours and then also um they would have questions you know where should this go what should this be like and um so Ryan and I were over there a couple times a week answering those types of questions. Wow. So, yeah. So, okay. I mean, this, that's kind of what I, that was the thing that surprised me about the space was how I felt when I walked into it because I'm with you. Wilson Building is where I started at Bighorn Valley Health Center, so mm -hmm. it's home to me as well. But, um, you know, I always likened it to a rabbit warren. That's what it felt like to me. <laughs> You gotta make a left here and a right here and then a second right and then one more left and then go through that door and then you're in the bullpen. Mm -hmm. And then if you like take three more hard rights and then a left, you're in exam room one. But don't go through the third door, go through the second door because yeah. if you go through the second door, you're, you're locked out. You nailed it. Yep. That's it. Yeah, and we call it a rat's maze. I mean, you know, when we would bring people in for interviews, we'd take them through the halls and, and back to the, where the conference room was, and it's like, okay, now if you find your way out, you get the job. Yeah, it's like, we did this just to disorient you. <laughs> exactly. Now go find your way out. The, the real interview is, you have to find your way out. <laughs> so, but from like a, um, from a patient's perspective now, like, I guess that would sort of be my question is, now there's two clinics, because we haven't stopped providing services at the Wilson Building. Correct. So what's the difference? What kind of services are we offering at the new clinic versus the old clinic? So starting Saturday, all Saturday appointments will now be at the campus building, which is the new building. Um, we termed the campus building, we gave it that name because our plan is for that entire area to become kind of like a campus, a medical campus, but also dental. We want um, to be able to have services there for our patients, for our community. Um, but um, so starting Saturday, this coming Saturday, um, the Saturday appointments will be there as will the late night appointments. So the campus building, the new building will be open eight to eight. And Monday through Friday? Monday through Friday. Um, 8 Thursday. to 8, Monday through Thursday. Okay. 8 to 5 on Friday. We don't have late hours on Friday. And then Saturday, 10 to 2. 
And then at the Wilson Building, which is the the initial clinic site. The original. The original. The OG. <laughs> the OG clinic the site. The OG clinic. Um, that will be 8 to 5, and those will mostly be same-day appointments. Okay. So um, for patients who woke up, I'm not feeling well this morning, or, you know, last night I was a little bit sick, and they call in the morning and they get an appointment there. So those will be same-day appointments, and that's just to provide access for our patients. Is that same-day just for primary care or also for behavioral health? Um, mostly primary care. Um, we do warm handoffs, um, but which doesn't mean that somebody couldn't make a same-day appointment, but um, most of behavioral health will be at the campus building. So does this affect, like, if a patient, let's say a patient has established care with a provider. Mm -hmm. Is this going to affect, can they still see their same provider? Or is it going to be sort of a weird rotating door now? Yes, they can still see their same provider. Um, At the Wilson building we have on Mondays will be Bonnie Oxford. Yeah, and having said that, that is is not an accurate statement. (laughs) So I yeah sorry about that I do not have the same days memorized. No that's um, that's okay. I was yeah. thinking the late nights but no um but yes yeah, so every mid level provider which is Bonnie Oxford Katie Ketterling Lisa Debus Paul Murder and Nicole turns plenty they each have a same day at the Wilson Building. Okay. And that's the part I can't remember which is which but um so if you need. Um, you know, your annual exam or a physical or, you know, you want to spend some time talking with your provider, probably going to call the campus building. And get, I mean, the phone number is the same, but you're going to make your appointment there at the campus building. Versus if you just woke up this morning, um, you'll be able to see in any of those providers, but you could, um, you know, you may end up seeing your same provider as a same day. Oh, okay. Or you may not, just depending on who's on that So day. it might be one of those sort of pleasant surprises. Yes. Like, hey, I woke up and I'm not feeling well. Oh, and I get to see Paul. Yep. So even though we've opened up a new clinic, if I want to see the same provider that I've always seen, I shouldn't have a problem scheduling them. That is correct. Yes. Yes. We okay. have, um, we've really opened up access so that our patients will be able to get in to be seen um, almost always by who they want to be. Right on. So... Same day visits, Wilson Building, yep. primary care visits, campus building. Yep, and behavioral health. Campus building. Campus building. Okay. Yep. Um, did the pharmacy move? The pharmacy has not moved. So we are um, moving over in phases, um, and the pharmacy will be moving over with phase two. And we don't have a time frame for that right now. That's okay. you know still very early, working on funding and things like that. But um, when that phase two opens, the pharmacy will be there, as will everything else BVHC. Oh, it's, including it is in, in, My understanding is with phase two, that will be where all of BVHC is. Okay. But I suspect that's years away. I don't, I don't have a time frame for that. Okay. Um, why the huge waiting room? I know we, we talked about it a little before, but I know that there's reason. Um, so... And let, let, let's, let's preface this by saying, if you've ever been to the Wilson building exactly. <laughs> yeah. and sat in that waiting room, you cannot six foot distance. Exactly. And it was very important for us to not go back to that too small of a waiting room. So we did, some may say we overcompensated, but <laughs> patients are happy with it. And especially at this time with COVID, it is really important that people be able to have that space to distance. So sure. I like to that think that we're going to fit grow to fill the space. Yep, absolutely we will. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Can you explain a little bit how it, it's set up? And I'm going to use my hands here, but there's like three lines. I view this build, mm -hmm. building in like three lines. Waiting room, patient rooms, provider space. Yep. Is that correct? That's accurate. Yeah. Okay, so patient rooms are in the middle of everything. Yes. So we have the, the waiting room, and then each, there's three doors, and each of those go back to a set of rooms. Okay. And um, they're each goes back to four, four rooms, and then the providers and nursing staff are towards the back of the building, and that allows them to come up and not ever have to take a patient through, you know, the bullpen or um, where the providers and nursing staff are. So it kind of keeps that separation while still making it feel like a big, you know, one big area as opposed to we've got all of these little areas all over the place. It's a very connected feeling. So the patient rooms are in the middle of the building. Mm -hmm. We're literally centered. Yeah, it's yes. a patient centered building. <laughs> very good. You know where I'm going with this. Yes, mm -hmm. totally. Yes, the patients are in the center. So you're, you've come full circle. You're back to be <laughs> directing our patient-centered medical there home. There we go. Yep. <laughs> so what is it? What does a clinic like this mean to a rural area? Um, I think it means access. You know, um, people can't get up to Billings or down to Sheridan, or and often can't get into IHS when they need to. So um, I think the biggest thing that we offer them is access. But um, in addition to that, we take care of the whole patient. We are not just here to treat somebody's diabetes because somebody who has diabetes can also have depression. So we want to make sure that we're getting that. But a patient who has diabetes who's being abused at home, they're not focusing on what their blood sugars are today. They're focusing on being safe or their mm. kids being safe. So we have resources that can help people who are, whether you know it's domestic violence or they're having issues with their landlord. Um, I once had a patient who their landlord had, their the water heater wasn't working. And they had a new baby at home, and the landlord refused to fix it. And at that time, we did not have resources. Today, we would have resources to be able to help that person. Awesome. We have, our clinic staff have received special training in mm -hmm. screening for those kinds of issues exactly. and finding ways to provide interventions. Yes, and so that program is called PREPARE. I can't tell you exactly what PREPARE stands for, but Protocol it's for Responding to and... That's it. That's there all I go. got. And that's it. Patients, assets, risks, and experiences. There you go. Very wow. good. Good job. We and just did a podcast with Jessica Musseter a couple weeks ago. So. And so basically that's the social determinants of health. So the social determinants of health are the things that do not happen in a, in a medical office. There's about 10% of what we do in the clinic that affects somebody's health. The other things are, do they have a job? Do they have connections to people? Um, is there abuse at home? Do they have transportation? Do they have, um, you know, a faith community or, or something else where they get their spirituality taken care of and things like that? So that's 90% of what happens to someone's health. So focusing on, you know, you need to take your blood pressure medication, you know, that will help that person's blood pressure. But if you ignore everything else that's going on in their experience, you know, you're not going to solve the problems. I'm so glad you, you brought that up because it just really affirms what Jessica was speaking about yep. two weeks ago um, on, on that previous podcast. So um, that's, it's really important. It is. It's huge. And it's so, huge. so this clinic provides access. So at one of the things it's helping to do, and we've talked about this numerous times, is the transportation barrier, right? Mm -hmm. It's helping to reduce 
that transportation barrier. Yes. But in addition to being local so that patients can come and see us, for patients who have to go up to Billings or somewhere else for a referral or to get um, additional health care, we do have um, opportunities, and I'm sure Jessica talked about this as well, but we have gas cards that we can give to patients mm -hmm. so that they can make that trip and not have to worry about it, not have to worry about, well, you know, yes, I can get up to Billings, but I can't buy groceries this week, things like that. You know, we want to make sure that they're able to focus on the most important things to them, and then we can help support the other things. For sure, for sure. Well, do you have any parting words for our listeners today? Any words of advice, wisdom, um, quotes, funny quips? Um, Well-behaved women seldom make history is my favorite <laughs> quote. Those of you who know me will know why. But um, stay masked, stay safe. Yeah. Um, and be well. Awesome. Thank well, you so much, Julie. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. It. And thanks, everyone, for joining us for this episode of the One in Five podcast. If you would like to reach us with any questions, comments, any questions for Julie Poole, you can send them to the One in Five podcast at iCloud.com. That's the number one in number five podcast at iCloud.com. And as Abel would say, have a rural, healthy day. Awesome.